This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mr. Parker. Not much to tell, really. We all have secrets. The ones we keep. And the ones that are kept from us. Sean, I'm here with Lynn. Hello. And we will be talking about summer movies tonight. We teased this a little bit when we were talking about Prometheus, and we did some, we already talked about some stuff like, we talked about Avengers, me and Greg did a little bit, and so, but we didn't get very much into, I've, I've seen just about every major release this summer. I tried to I've seen a couple. Summer. So, I did that last year too, it's fun. I don't I don't have a lot to do about <laughs> movies every weekend. <laughs> So I have seen just about all. I, I think I've seen all of the movies this year that I care to see, except for uh, I wanted to see that Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, that Steve Carell movie. But uh, I think but, you've seen a couple that I don't care to, so I'm glad you took those. I've seen one or two I didn't care to. <laughs> so I mean, did Should we, we start min- with the good ones or the bad ones? Did we mention Dark Shadows on the show, or did I just mention it on the forum? How disappointing I don't know. Dark Shadows was. You thought it was disappointing. I didn't enjoy it at all. And I went in with a fairly low expectation because I didn't think it looked like a good idea, but I went in open-minded. I went in like, you know, let them do what they want to do with it. What's the harm? What's the harm? But I didn't enjoy it. What's the harm? Putting those guys together again and saying, make another thing about vampires this time. (laughs) Play dress up some more. That's what you should say when Tim Burton and Johnny Depp get together. You guys want to play dress up? Because that's what they're doing. Yeah. That's all they're doing. Have you seen the photos of Johnny Depp and his new role? What now? What what role is it this time? Well, he's playing the Indian Tonton or something. Tonto. I've heard that yeah, that was Tonto. happening. I don't get that. So they're the making a Lone Ranger movie, and, everything. and he plays What's Tonto. What the hell? That's just wrong. How Although is I may have that, said that not wrong? How could it not be wrong? I'm just sick of him. I'm just sick of Johnny Depp. I loved Johnny Depp before he started on the whole thing you got jack sparrow and then suddenly every character had to be weird every and... character is like a cartoon character I, yeah I, you know, I, i'm like that too i was a big fan of johnny depp and I, w- I always thought you know he can just about do no wrong he's really good but he just picks roles based on wanting to play and that's yeah, really what it comes down go to do some community theater or something if you want to if you want to be big and crazy or just go to a sci-fi convention like all the other nerds. If you want to dress up like Barnabas Collins, go to a convention. You don't have to make well, a movie. A, have a You have could a make one of those party. movies every couple of years, dress up, have fun, and then make real movies. Well, I wouldn't even mind. I think I'm overly critical. I, I don't. I, I think I'm overly critical of him because the movies aren't good. Yeah, that's like, true. Like you know, I'm not just saying that you should you should be a serious actor or whatever, but the movies aren't good. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like it's the overindulgence. It's out of hand. Yeah, it's a bit. It's yeah, it's a bit. Um, just the getting the boys back together again to have some fun again and that sort of thing. And that's all well and good if you're an amateur and stuff. But they use up all this money and make these big productions and to make costume parties for themselves. Yeah, and it doesn't play. end up making a good movie. I mean, who writes the scripts to these things? But well, that's the real problem with Dark Shadows. Because I mean. Going in, I would have thought that, that people who had no care whatsoever for the original show had made that movie. And then they're saying, no. But they said they loved Johnny it. Johnny Depp and Tim Burton, this was a dream project. Like, how? How? Well, obviously, they loved different things about it than you did. Well, clearly. And, and, and I understand that. Like, my vision for what that movie could have been isn't necessarily any better than anyone else's. But I just, I didn't feel the spirit of it, maybe. I guess, maybe it just does come down to that. I didn't feel like it was Dark Shadows in any way. So, I guess. I mean, maybe... To me, I'm a big fan when they did Ed Wood. I thought that they, they nailed it when they made that movie. Sarah Jessica Parker was really rude about that. Really rude about the movie? Oh, oh, no, about the um, a woman she was playing. Because the woman she was playing is like Ed Wood's wife and she's you know was talked into acting in a couple of his movies because he couldn't get real actors Mm -hmm. and sarah jessica parker was quoted as saying that i mean she didn't even want to talk to her beforehand she just did her own interpretation and then said i didn't want to meet her she's the worst actress ever jeez i don't understand that's the thing for her to say yeah rude but that is rude either way no matter how you feel i don't understand that, that 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 level of disrespect when you're taking on a character. I understand actors who don't necessarily want to talk to the people they're portraying because they're afraid of... You of it. Yeah, but there's still research to be done. I could see yeah. where you think it's it, it might take away to, to get too close to them or you might be really self-conscious. I think if I were an it's actor, I'd be very self-conscious about it. difficult to have that much it. disrespect for someone that you're supposed to be portraying because you can't dislike the character you're going to be. There has to be a level where you have to believe the character. And nobody thinks of themselves as the villain of the piece. Everybody is the hero of their own story. So if you're portraying a real person, or any person, you can't dislike that character. You can't judge that character. Yeah, and I think that's... I don't know... If, if nothing else, like, you can give Johnny Depp the... I, I believe he has a love for the characters he plays. Sometimes oh, sure. more so than is necessary. Because I don't <laughs> think he values the overall story. I don't think he sees the whole movie. I think yeah. – you ever see a band where like like the guitar player is only listening to the guitar parts when they're listening back to the song? You know, He never hears the song. He doesn't know how the song goes. <laughs> you know, That's what I feel like with, with Johnny Depp. You know, He's always just watching himself in a movie. He never, he'll never walk away Look from a movie acting. going, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> like, he never saw it. He's just probably, <laughs> he's probably you know obsessing over you know his role because you can he's tell he, he takes that seriously. I mean, I, I'm not saying he doesn't take his craft seriously, but there, there's a rounded element to it. Yeah, like, I don't mean to take away from what he puts in role to say he's playing dress up, but it, it well, that's the that. thing about which, what did they call their version? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Mm-hmm. Either way, but when you when you read that book, it's very clear who the main character is. <laughs> The main character is Charlie. It's his and, and Willy Wonka character. is just yeah. Willy Wonka is just some crazy guy who meets who makes his life better. But when they did the movie, suddenly the emphasis changes because, you know, it's Johnny Depp and 
He's being famous. I don't blame Johnny Depp for this, though. I actually do blame Tim Burton for this, because this goes back to what made Burton's Batman movies stop working. Burton has this sort of displaced sympathy for those characters, like for the... The no, I don't want to say the antagonist, but he doesn't seem to. He, I, I guess, because he sort of relates to the misfit. Is mm. when he was doing Batman. Batman was sort of like just a force of nature in those movies, but he wasn't the character that the movies were about. The movies always focused on these elaborate origin scenes for the villains like they were the characters that they were the ones with an arc batman had no arc that was the campy fun i i enjoyed that about those batman movies the campy fun of who the villain was and how they came about yeah he got tired but yeah it wasn't really about batman yeah and then and if you watch that in all burton's movies charlie and chocolate factory is a good example willy wonk is the weird character so that's what they want to go with yeah and to a degree that's what happened with dark shadows like barnabas collins is the the main character in a lot of ways of Dark Shadows, but he's not really the protagonist. He's such a great character in that old show. Well, he wasn't even he's, in it originally. It, well, no, there's like they did like a whole year without him, and then yeah. he comes in. But the whole it's it revolves around the Collins family, and he becomes yeah. a, a part of you know the the things they have to deal with, <laughs> and the biggest thing being this vampire's lift who's moved into the old house. Like when things just get it, they're absolutely worse. Oh, we had a, a ghost. That, was, that wasn't enough. Now oh, no. the vampire, a vampire moved into the back house. Uh. But he was always – what made him such a cool layered character in the show was he was always pretty much a villain too because he did horrible things in the show. <laughs> but he was sort of a protagonist. Like they, they would show you his point of view. But behind people's back after like, oh, hey, Barnes, how's it going? Like then he'd go into the old house and he had like some chick prisoner there. Like and he's making her his love slave because she reminds him of of his you know his dead wife and it's clearly not Al Farmer. Um, the, uh, the movie romanticizes that, but the show does a good job of saying Barnabas is kind of insane. He's a he is a monster in that way, but he's a very sympathetic, cool monster. Like you forget because he's so charismatic. But to, and Johnny Depp could have been good at that. Yeah, but they, they don't give it any dimension at all. I mean, first they're playing it for camp, and I don't blame them, but the camp didn't work. It wasn't funny. That's what I blame them for. I didn't mind that they played it for laughs. I saw where that could work. It just didn't. 21 Jump Street played it for laughs, and it was funny. <laughs> funny forgives a lot when you're trying to be funny. It even forgives things when you're not trying to be funny, like with the original Dark Shadows. There was a lot of the fun camp there where they're not even trying to be funny. Mm. But I just... You know, I don't want to dwell too long on Dark Shadows, but I, that was one to me that just didn't work. And I and I feel bad because I kind of called that going in, but I did go in. It's like I did my part. I tried. It does have to be difficult writing a script for someone who's such a big director and such a big lead actor, and you've got all these concerns, you know, weighing down. You have to make this role good enough for Johnny Depp, and you have to put in the things that he wants, and then the director wants you to mm-hmm. do this and this and this. Well, it must be difficult to actually write a good script in that atmosphere. That's what kills it because everyone gets so much input. And and yeah. it's a collaboration. Everyone should have some degree of input. But you have to – you're like, oh, if this isn't the kind of role Johnny Depp wants to play, then there's no movie. You know, If this isn't the kind of movie that Tim Burton wants to direct, there's no movie. Like there's no overriding, yeah. overruling need to do anything because if these guys don't want to do it, then that's it. <laughs> so you're you're playing to to prima donnas, and I'm not saying they behave that way. I don't know them, but, but it's always you funny are like that because you've seen several these, scripts, these giants. 
You've seen several scripts where people, you know, they write a script and it's a good script and everyone loves the script and then some famous person picks up the script and says, great, we'll make this a vehicle for me and now we'll change it into an action movie and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you oh see that God. happen a lot. Yeah, that's weird. And you're like, this, this is nothing this. like what it was meant to be but some actor likes the script and for some reason decide to change it completely into <laughs> a vehicle for themselves. And the studio... Yeah, or the studio you know, decides they, to change it into a vehicle actor. for the actor. Because at first you're like, oh, good, this is going to get the movie made. But then you're like, and oh, then... but it's going to be a pile of crap. That's a snag. <laughs> and yeah. I don't what, – what I don't understand with with Tim Burton and Johnny Depp – I understand with Johnny Depp because, you know, he's made enough big big movies that, that he's a big draw. You know, he's a big star. But it seems yeah. like to me when he and Tim Burton get together, I don't think, they're not really hitting out of the park. Box office wise anymore, are they? And it seems like they're doing more and more of them. As time goes by, he's doing less and less. They're doing less and less real movies, more and more just, you know, Tim Burton Johnny Depp movies. It's yeah. like every year there's one. Tim now. Burton's doing Alice in Wonderland, and who do you think they're going to get the Mad Hatter? Of course. Of course. And who's going to be the main character? Yeah, Not Alice. The Mad Hatter. Yeah, and who? Uh, Tim Burton's going to do Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's like they're just. It's like a computer is just making up these <laughs> movies they have to make. Like I said that about that Penguin movie that Jim Curry made, and people are like, no, that comes from a book. It's like, well, then maybe everything sucks. Because <laughs> that looked for all the world like a computer was just matching concepts together. <laughs> like, Jim Carrey and penguins. Like, Yay. Just random yeah. things coming out <laughs> of, like, bingo rollers. Hollywood feels this a bit like that our next movie. Sometimes. Tim Burton directs Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There we go. All right. Except they've got that program stuck on Tim and Johnny. <laughs> we'll see. That just goes to the, wait. Because, there's a bitch in the computer. It won't move on to a next lead actor. Yeah, there's no because there's no other element. They just say, if we know the rest of the movie as long as all we have to do is marry Tim Burton to whatever other weirdo idea we're gonna make. We know how the rest the of it plays out. Done. Damn things cast Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, let's let's watch them make out again. Ugh. I've talked about how creepy I find that, but uh, <laughs> please. Yeah, it happened. Even even in uh, they do it in uh, the Dark Shadows movie. Again, why? Why? I don't know. I understand casting your wife, but the <laughs> <laughs> so Dark Shadows was a miss. Yeah, sorry everybody. Sorry to Johnny Depp fans. Sorry to Johnny Depp. I don't. I don't mean to be. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not with it. But, I believe uh, we've talked about Avengers on the show before a few times. Yeah, we didn't really give it its due because we weren't recording at a time right after it came out when everyone was talking about it, and then it became too late. So Greg and I did cover it a little bit after the fact. So we did at least get to mention the Avengers because, you know, and really there's not much to say because everybody almost universally <laughs> agrees that it's yeah, good. That's awesome. Like, it's very, yeah. there's very little to cover. I mean, the, her, that was probably a perfect summer movie in that you you never hear from that many people that come up and go, that movie's awesome. Like, whether or not they even like superhero kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's just, just like, yeah, that's a good movie. Everyone liked it. Good. That's all. <laughs> yeah, we did mention we did mention Men in Black. We saw the Men in Black 3, yes. so that's, that's good. Yes, I, I put that uh, review up on the forum. I was very excited by Men in Black. It was okay because I got to see it for free. I didn't. I didn't hate Men in Black Three at all. I thought. I thought it was pretty good. I've never been a huge fan of that franchise, but it was, I it was a worthy I installment of it. I thought that they did a good job in the movie. Yeah. 
I, I was just excited to see something that was a little bit more sci-fi. I had a little bit more of a concept going and I liked that concept too. I liked the, the, the time travel and I liked, you know, the placement and I liked, uh, you know, a way to kind of bring in Tommy Lee Jones, even if you're not going to have him all the way through and have that character like, and, yeah. and Josh Brolin did such a great job. Even though a lot of it didn't make any sense plot wise, it doesn't yeah, matter. The plot doesn't fun. hold out at all. Like you could, you could definitely, and we did dis- dissect that. If you want to know specifically, we dissected it pretty bad in, yeah. on the forum. But yeah, but yeah, there's a lot going on. I was just, in- in I was just plot. happy to see some more sci-fi concepts coming into the big screen because you don't get a lot of them. Well, that's what I we're mean, saying about Prometheus. I mean, it looks Prometheus. like they're changing. We, we don't want to bash uh, Total Prometheus. Total Recall looks like it's becoming a, a more an action movie. It looks dumb. Like, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I'm not at all excited. I'm not, and I like Colin Farrell, and I'm sort of on board with the idea of a remake, but I'm not seeing Mars in the movie, and I'm not and seeing... And you're not seeing any, three boobies. Yeah, and I'm not seeing these three three boobed space prostitutes. Tits, that's awesome. Like, if you don't see... Like, if that's the part of the movie that you don't see, like, as a critical element, like, there's all these things we got to bring in. If you go over the movie and you miss that, like, we don't have to have that. It's like, you've missed everything. Cause, well, that yes, was the other thing it's not critical I liked about Prometheus, because I was like, oh, good, some solid sci-fi on the screen. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Something a bit different. You can, you, nothing's perfect, and there are, are definitely, and we tried to go through the, the good and the bad. Yeah, you had a pretty you good know. review of Prometheus. So... But uh, overall, but just, I'm just happy yeah, to, to see. see I want to see another Prometheus. Doesn't look like the box office is supporting that, but because we're getting a lot of a lot of superhero movies these days, and I like them when they're good. But it's kind of a bit of a washout, you know. You got the superhero movies, and then you got superhero parodies, and then you got the the, the not quite superhero movies that are sort of a little bit more low key and a little bit more heartfelt. And you know, it's all well mm-hmm. and good, but I want to get back to some. Even if it's not superheroes, everything comes from yeah. a damn comic book, and I'm glad. I'm a I'm a comic book nerd. I love it. It's good. But, I just want something a bit different but as well. Good you sci-fi. Know, bring back some of that. Good sci-fi is yeah. hard to do, man. I think you know, a great marriage of of genre used to be where they'd make these sci-fi action movies. You know, Schwarzenegger yeah. was great for that. You know, The Terminator, Total Recall is a classic as a sci-fi action movie. They take these serious sci-fi ideas and make these just Because he already looks like a robot. Action movies. Yeah, he looks like a sci-fi. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you get – I don't know. You probably didn't get a chance to see this on the forum. I posted this. But I was if there was this cracked article that was talking about deleted scenes that would ruin the movies. Yeah, I'd already read the article. That article's Did really you see old. that Terminator 3 scene? Yeah, and he's got this weird oh my God. accent thing going he, on. And... This, this idea, just to set it up a little bit, the article goes into it in depth. But the, uh, there was a deleted scene in Terminator 3 <laughs> where they were showing like these military guys getting together and they were watching a promo video for Cyberdyne developing the Terminator. CRS, Cyber Research Systems, present a preview of our upcoming product line. Say hello to the soldier of tomorrow. The T-1 Battlefield Robot, a fully autonomous ground defensive system. Using designs generated by Skynet, we need no longer risk the well-being of our men and women in uniform. Robots will take their place on the front line. Which is idiotic because the human beings didn't develop the Terminators that, the, you know, Skynet did to disguise them as human beings. Like, if we knew that we built those things and we'd know exactly, like, oh, that's Model T, we built those things. We built, I, I was in the war. That's we had all those. wrong. Well, the army made those guys. Like, they wouldn't fool anyone. We wouldn't need dogs at all. But what made it even worse is they had this legalistic explanation of why they look like Arnold, and they have Arnold playing this military guy, and he has this just crackpot accent. That's supposed so to be bizarre. funny. It's supposed to be funny, but it's so over the top. Hi, I'm Chief Master Sergeant William Candy. 
I was honored to be selected by CRS in the ongoing effort to save American lives. I don't know about that accent. We can fix it. He's like, hey, I'm Master Sergeant William Candy. And he sounds like sort of Yosemite Sam and sort of Forrest Gump. Like, Hi. And you're like, at first you thought, did they dub someone over Arnold? But then you're like, no, I'm pretty sure they got him to do this accent. And they're all, the joke is they're like, it's oh, so I don't like that, you know. And that accent's too bad. And they have like an Austrian guy's like, you can fix it. You know, and that's like the whole gag <laughs> in the, the scene. As a deleted scene, it's really funny. It but is, in the movie, it would have made it even worse. Yeah, in a movie that was already, you wouldn't have thought, like, <laughs> it was already that pretty it could bad. be worse than that. But, well, I don't say that. I thought it was a lame sequel, but it's an okay action movie. But it's a eh. dumb Terminator sequel. But <laughs> it just offers nothing. It's a repeat of Terminator 2. Yeah, it's just not interesting. Apart from the fact that they don't stop the war this time. It's like, we're going to do something different, like say the war actually keeps going. Yay! Yeah, that's where, you know, and take out you're the just most trying to character. drag out a premise, you know. The first movie tied it all up, and the second movie tried to take it to another level, which was dumb because the first movie sort of already showed that you can't. It's a loop. Yeah. You know, the trying to stop it makes it happen. And then the second movie's like, no, we do stop it. And the third movie's like, you did stop it, but that just delayed it. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus. No, it's just yeah. too it's too much you know, like just dancing around the idea I liked salvation I like the idea that we just cut to the future and they're fighting robots yeah that was a, that was okay movie was, and they get Sam Worthington okay. to play the wor- robot of course because he's a yeah, robot yeah because he's a CG character we've already CG. decided this yeah he's not he's already human. CG he's at best some kind of android but I don't yeah, know he may already. just exist in the computer <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else did I see? Oh, I've seen everything. Saw Rock of Ages. That was a fun Yeah, movie. how was that? Oh, yeah, if you like 80s music, it's a lot of fun. I, I thought it was really good. They they made a, a good use of, of a huge amount of 80s rock music. Tom Cruise did a good job in it. I enjoyed him a lot. Well, he's Crazy man. He's as cut as he can be for a man his age. You can tell his body type is not the same as it was. There's nothing you can do about that. But the man works out. But he yeah. does a good job in it as a sort of Axel Rose kind of character. Getting lap dances from young women. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good movie. I mean, it, it's but apparently fun. his soon-to-be ex-wife didn't like. Katie Holmes, she in it? Yeah, apparently she, she didn't. She didn't like him getting lap dances from nearly naked young women. In the in a movie. Yeah. Well, that's what movies. That's what always happens. Does she not know <laughs> what they do for a living? Ah, uh, it might have just been a rumor that someone put about to be like, oh no, you know, she's not leaving him because of the Scientology, it's because of Surely, the he's totally not gay. <laughs> it's, it's totally not the gay thing, it's totally not he's the Scientology totally, thing. He's, if just anything, like he's way too like not him. gay. Yes. <laughs> like, whatever. Well, that could be true. Of course, it's all, people just make things up about celebrities, so who knows. Yeah. Well, it's all been closed down now, so we never know, we'll never know what's going to happen. What's closed down? Scientology? The divorce. Uh, no, the say, divorce. That, they signed, no, sure they they signed on the dotted line so that they won't be bringing out any more funny funny things to try and get him to sign away his daughter. Uh, I was kind of looking forward to that because they were like, it's going to be a lengthy court battle and she's going to bring out all of these interesting secrets about Scientology and they're terrified of her and that sort of thing. And they're like, this morning, oh, no, they've signed it already. They're not going to say anything about yeah. anything. And I'm like, oh, okay. That all sounds like a I wonder what she must have known. Too. Probably nothing. 
What sort of religion is so afraid of people knowing what's going on? I mean, it can't be anything good. I don't know. I kind of think it's like... Uh... It's probably something lame, and, and if well, we knew, and we'd be like, and that's, that's just what lame. sort of like in John Ronson in them, like, and I, we talked about this before, I think, but that's one of the things he said when they went to like this, when he went to like this secret owl council meeting or whatever that supposedly all the heavy Bilderberg type guys go to. He said mostly, you know, you could just walk up. It wasn't even reserved. Yeah, like you just walked <laughs> up and looked like you belong, and people didn't do anything. It's like it wasn't that secret. And, and really, all we were talking about was the best way to toast the marshmallows. They were all just getting drunk and acting stupid. It was like it was like a frat party. It was like, <laughs> it really, if anything, it was lame. And and I think that's sort of the big secret of all this kind of stuff. I think people like conspiracy because it makes them seem more interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear weird conspiracy stories. I really enjoyed the conspiracy episode you guys did. I reckon you should do another one. Yeah, we're probably ripe for another one. We could return to all of it. <laughs> if we can remake anything, we'll just return to all our old topics. There's nothing Oh, new. why not? Well, if, if after a few years, you can revisit it because there's more stuff to talk about. We barely touched. I don't even remember the conspiracy episode. Ooh, speaking of – it's not a conspiracy thing, but a weird mystery kind of thing. I did Ooh, see a documentary called uh, Resurrect Dead. <laughs> Resurrect Dead? Yeah, it's the, the, <laughs> the subtitle is like it's the secret of the – the mystery of the Toynbee tiles, but this is this weird. Toynbee tiles. I had never heard of this, but apparently, like in mostly in Philadelphia, but as people as time went on, people started realizing they were all over the place. People were some strange person was putting these tiles down on the on the pavement, like on sidewalks and roads and major highways, and they all said the same thing. They're like Toynbee idea in Kubrick's movie 2001: Resurrect Dead on planet Jupiter. Like this, uh, like what? weird message, like what? And it was like going on since like the early '80s, and this the documentary is a really neat documentary about this guy who starts noticing these things, and all of a sudden he's like, "Well, wait a second, what the hell are these? Like, because they're everywhere, like all over Philadelphia." And, you know, the, earlier on, before the internet revolution, there wasn't all this information, so you, they'd poke around and not see Yeah, anything. you wouldn't know. Like, the first time he ever got out to a library to get on the internet, he'd, he'd, he'd ran that through a search engine, that Toynbee idea stuff, and found nothing. He's like, how can no one be talking about this? And But he started got together with these guys gradually over time. People started, and as you know, the internet developed into itself. You know, obviously all these forums started building about it. And they find out that these Toynbee tiles are everywhere, like all over the U.S. and even in some other countries. All saying basically the same thing. Some of them having different messages and some of them having added messages, but all with that, that sort of core, you know, message about 2001 and Toynbee. And they're like, what the hell is Toynbee? Toynbee, T-O-Y-N-B-E-E. Yeah, who's actually a historian. That, I mean, these guys. Oh, okay. These guys do a great job in the movie because apparently lots of people are interested and there are even other groups wanting to make a documentary. But these guys essentially crack the mystery in the movie. So if you're interested in... In that, I mean, ah. I'll resurrect dead. Two separate resurrect words. Resurrect right. dead, right? It's a weird. The syntax is weird. In yeah. movie two thousand and one on planet, G- that's so strange. <laughs> it's a very what is it? bizarre Some sort thing. of. But this guy, you know, the the little messages are all over the place. You know, that suggest that he's 
he's trying to bypass the mainstream media to get this message out. And even in the eighties, like he got a shortwave radio and was like breaking through shortwave radio signals and broadcasting this message, you know, about whatever they thought. So this historian who had an idea that dead molecules could be reassembled. And that's what Ah. this guy just thought, well, that's in 2001. That's, that's what they're doing when they grow the baby in space. And he's getting oh, the word out. So that was that was his whole message. But yeah, well, that's what's that's what's so interesting about it is you know you go to all this trouble like to to bypass effort. and and really immortalize this message because it worked. It got people out there and hearing it. It's got but a Wikipedia the, page. But the message is so weird that you're like you did it. Yeah, but if it was a real message, would such would you go about it in such a weird way? I don't know, but I, there's something that almost makes it work, though, because it's such a bizarre, abstract message that getting it out there like that, it really – and these guys made a documentary. And it's a good movie because the movie in, in a lot of ways focuses on how the guy who's trying to solve the mystery you know, has certain similarities and sympathies toward the guy who's putting these tiles out. And it's, and it's a, an interesting sort of journey. To see these guys go yeah. on. And especially, it's very satisfying because they take this mystery that no one has solved, and ultimately, throughout the course of the documentary, they, they, they more or less solve it. So, as a real yes. conclusion, you're like, these guys have done some excellent detective work, and it pays off. It's like a, it's like a real movie where they're going and looking for things, and they find the clue <laughs> they need. And they find the guy who has the information, but they're just going about it. Well, that's nice because you often you get these mystery ones, and either they they're like, "We conclude this and this happened, but we'll never really be sure." And you're like, "Ah, what did I watch this for?" Yeah, like Destination Truth. Like he goes in a cave, he finds some hair. The hair is like an unknown primate. They had gotten footage, and like, "Hey, that was pretty cool." And they never go back. It's like, what the shit? <laughs> I I watched that episode of. Are they those guys, plumbers looking for ghost hunters? Yeah, the ghost hunters were I watched awesome that first. episode where they found that, you know, there was a mask behind the mirror and there's a, a speaker with someone laughing. And yeah, I, that's the funny they, one. You were, They're so mad. You were talking about it on one of the episodes. So I watched it and then I looked it up on Wikipedia and they were talking about how the really interesting thing there was that it's actually known in the in the ghost hunting community that that house was faked. So they, they, they picked beforehand. it so they could debunk it on purpose? Well, they weren't sure. They weren't sure if the producers knew and didn't tell the presenters just to have an interesting episode or if everybody knew and they were just acting. But they were saying if they didn't know, they did their research pretty poorly because everybody knows about hmm. that. Or maybe they they that was the rumor, but you know, you wonder about yeah, that in, in TV shows like that because maybe they had a good idea that it was – that it was fake and they went out there and then they discovered the stuff. But you'd think it would have made a better episode for them to say, you know, we think this is fake. Really the rumor mad. is it's fake. We're going to go, we're going to prove it's fake. You know what I mean? They were really, really angry. So I kind of figured that maybe that at least the presenters didn't know. It's possible. Jay and Grant seem like sort of regular, like everyman kind of guys. Yeah. Like they, they make friends real easily out there. And then, and, cause even in the early episodes of ghost hunters, like, what was the guy? Brian was one of the guys in there, and he was just constantly screwing up and leaving the show and <laughs> causing. And you're like, why do they put up with this guy? Because like, he's their friend. Like they're yeah. like that, you know. He's I could guy. almost see that, but they're not above it because they did have an episode where they had an inn in investigated that they own, and mm. they didn't make a secret out of that. They they got the Ghost Hunters International guys to do it, and but. You know, yeah. what do you know? It turned out to be haunted. 
Well, that's the thing. How can you really prove that something's haunted? Like, well, you know, if science hasn't accepted it yet, it's really difficult to say. They find the yeah, evidence that satisfies them. The episode I used yeah. to like the show better at first because it seemed like they were real skeptical about calling things haunted. And then as the show went on, I would like on, to see like people go and little... do it who didn't actually believe in ghosts. Yeah, I'd like to see, or really, what I'd like to see is people who were fully open-minded. I like the ghost hunters because they're not as flaky as a lot of people, but they clearly do believe. Yeah. They're like, let's talk to these ghosts over here. Is there any ghosts? And I, what I have a, a bit of a disagreement with is that how everybody who hunts ghosts uses the same technology. They always try the EMFs and they always try for the cold spots and they always use the electricity and, you know, blah, blah. And you kind of go, this is just conventional wisdom for what will be showing us a ghost but there's never really been proper definitive proof. Like science has never been able to go in there and say, yes, this this definitively proves that there is a ghost using these methods. So you, you've got to wonder if any of this is real or just what the culture of ghost hunters has perpetrated over the years and has become the accepted form of hunting ghosts. And they're like, sort of copying, especially the ghost hunters, I think, have started a lot of those trends because you see now these shows that are like yeah, ghost hunters and they all have it. that junk now. So I think they're starting these weird trends because these K two meters that they carry the, that they carry around aren't even designed to do what they're doing because they stick a penny in them to keep the button in. Like you're not supposed to just walk around. With, it's not designed. Not that it's bad to do it, but I mean it's not designed to just walk around with it on all the time. They had to make a modification as simple as sticking a penny in to hold the button down. <laughs> not even using the device how it's meant to be. Yeah. So to. But it's a new thing with a new name because a K2 meter is essentially an EMF meter. It's the same hmm. thing. It's just a different kind. It's a different designation of the same thing. And most so, of the time you find that they don't use them in the way that a real skeptic would because I've seen ones where proper skeptics have gone in and gone, oh, yeah, there's a high electromagnetic frequency here. It's not a ghost. It's the electricity box over your head. These guys will do that. And they will they do, do that, that sometimes, on the, in the show. But what but, makes know. me crazy is they'll put out – the thing with the K2 meter that makes me nuts is they have a thing where it will communicate and they'll make the lights light up on the K2 meter and they get all excited about it. And then they'll <laughs> say something like, is this the ghost of a woman? And it'll light up like, oh, good. But they never do control questions. They never go, is it also the ghost of a man? And see if it lights up <laughs> yeah. too. They never try to – like once they have the answer that, that satisfies the show or their own you know, wish that it's real, they never do any kind of control questions or anything to sort of trip up the ghost or make it you know, respond in contradictory ways. And they're treating it like they are actually engaging whatever is making this thing light up. But they never ask questions yeah. that make it look like they're trying well, to like diffuse. That. It's like Mythbusters. It's a lot of fun, but it's not real science. Yeah, and and it's fun for that. I think that's Anyone why it gets kind of old because after a while you're you're used to the way they do it. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. Like it's it's like any what, other. You have show. a cold spot on your knee. Oh no. I know, and they get and you know they're acting excited about it. They can't still be excited about it. They're like, yeah, oh, no, it's not a cold spot, <laughs> but they're still yeah, like, cold what spot. the frig? Like, no, not anymore. Come on. I saw a really funny version of that where. James May from Top Gear goes into this most haunted house in Britain or something, and he's walking around the place. And he sets off. He, he in during the day he sets up all of these little you know cameras and things around the house. And then he's walking around. He ends up setting off his own motion detector, which sets off this huge noise. <laughs> 
And it's the funniest thing ever because he's sneaking around real quiet like you're doing the show, and then suddenly this boop boop. And he's <laughs> like, ah! Oh, Set off out my of own motion detector. And I would love you know. to do that. I don't fault them at all. I'd love to do that. And they're in the, they're in the attic, and they're like, "We're certain we heard a noise. We're certain we heard a noise." And they run after the noise, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, it's the caretaker making a cup of tea." Yeah, it's always it's pretty funny. I mean, there's noises everywhere. That's what always gets me when they get so excited. They hear like a knock or something. You ever just stand like, in an old house and turn all the lights out? Yeah, you know, there's a tree standing next to this house. You know, it's possibly that. Yeah, I'm 39 years old, and I only just recently oriented myself to being able to sleep with all the lights out and and no TV on, <laughs> like. Because it's, it's unnerving. It's better for you that way. Perfect silence. It, it's better for your sleep that way. It is. But, it doesn't mess up your circadian rhythms. But it's unnerving to try to settle down in total darkness and total silence. It's difficult. Because there's well, never total. Why, there's always every little thing. It's nice to sleep thing. next to someone. It's never yeah. completely silent when you sleep next to someone who snores. Yeah, that's <laughs> for me. I just have the dog and his weird noises yeah. every time. i like, what is that scratching sound? It's, like it's Thomas kicking the bedpost. So that's the nice that thing about having sounds. pets, especially if they're in the house, because any weird sound that goes on, you're like, that's probably just a cat, and you just go back to sleep. And that also, Apart where from the one time it was someone trying to break human it. beings, probably for their own peace of mind, convince themselves that animals have some kind of insight into the supernatural. Yeah. So it's like if, yeah, if the, Thomas isn't bothered by something, I just assume. But there could be a burglar standing in front of him. He's blind as a bat. He never seems to notice. He can't find <laughs> the damn doorway. But I assume that he would <laughs> sniff out a ghost post haste. And that helps well, me I mean, sleep we had a we had an earthquake here a couple of weeks ago, just a very minor one, but everyone was terribly excited because we don't get a lot of earthquakes in Australia. But I noticed that the cats didn't react at all to it. <laughs> and every single movie you see, if there's an earthquake, the cats are running away, the dogs are running away, the birds all fly off before anything happens. So I sort of looked at the cats and went, because in the middle of it, you don't know how bad it's going to get. And we've you know seen all these earthquakes in New Zealand and Japan, and you're like, oh, I I hope this doesn't get any more shaky than this because I've already I've already dropped a cup. But you know, and and the cats are just not reacting, and so you, well, I assume it's nothing nothing bad's going to happen if the cat's not running away. But at the same time, aren't you guys supposed to take off before the earthquake even gets here? Yeah, it's like that's, really. So that's piss poor looking out. Maybe they don't know about earthquakes because they live in Australia. Yeah, what are we supposed to know? Who says our cat radar is tuned to earthquake? Look, my cat radar is tuned to tin canned food. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all unless I, I hear that noise, for. I'm not going to react. Oh, I saw. I did see the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh yeah, have, I haven't seen have that. you had a chance to see that? No, well, I just said that. Well, I was pleased. Well, we said it. Whatever. <laughs> no, I'm kind of a little bit annoyed at the idea of redoing the origin story. And I don't want to have to sit through that again at the theater, so I'll, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a watch. I, I would, I, I'd recommend it. It is fun on the big screen. It's a big movie. I do like. Uh, I saw it in three. I do like the girl they've got playing. Oh my god! Gwen if Stacey. nothing else, rebooting Spider-Man might be worth it just to get rid of MJ. <laughs> do you remember Kirsten Dunst was all like, "Nobody's going to watch Spider-Man without, without MJ." Like, really? I wish they'd stop making movies with you after the first one. Because you know what Gwen Stacy does in this movie that I love her for? She doesn't get kidnapped. <laughs> it's like she's actually MJ. contributing to the resolution of the story instead of just doing dumb things until someone captures her. Well, that was the thing in Spider-Man 3. Originally, it was Gwen Stacy who got kidnapped at the end and they're like, oh, no, we'll make it MJ because otherwise MJ's not in the movie. She doesn't have very much blah, blah, blah. to it's do. Like, 
It's like, does, does either of them have to be the one that get? Because really, in the end, it didn't matter. It was interchangeable. Well, which you know, one got if kidnapped. they had actually introduced Gwen Stacy properly, they could have played out the whole storyline. Because in the comic books, the storyline yeah, with Gwen Stacy is that she she ends up dying and he's not able to save her. And that's like, he, yeah. she's a pivotal part of his Well, they mythos. put that in the first movie and then they ruined it. They stole her bit from the first movie where where the goblin throws MJ off the bridge with a bus full of kids. Yeah, and then he, and Spidey he actually goes saves after both. her. And then, in, then even if they had made it... In the it, comics, in, he didn't... Even if they yeah. made it Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3, we didn't know who the, she was. She wasn't yeah, established she wasn't. enough as a character. Oh, they just they just found a blonde chick and they went, oh, we'll make it Gwen Stacy for the purposes of the movie so that fans could be happy. Yeah, so people know. That and maybe lame. in Spidey 4, we'll throw her off a bridge. Well, that's the, that's the thing. In the comics, he never really knew if the way he rescued her broke her and killed her or if Goblin had just killed her as he threw her off just to spite him and never told him. And it, it was just a good reminder as a superhero that, you know, you can't save everyone. Because, you know, the the cool yeah. thing about Spider-Man is, like, people throwing off of roofs or whatever, and he's just slinging a web at him like it's nothing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, but the, it was just a good reminder to him is that you can't always win people that People are way. fragile. You can't always save them. Well, also, if they had have done that first in the first Spider-Man movie, it might have explained why he keeps walking away from Mary Jane in the next ones. Because he's always like, no, I can't go out with you. It would be too dangerous. And you're like, what? Why? Because I, I liked it when they did it in the first movie. But if they had already had that backstory with his previous girlfriend, it would have explained it a lot better. Yeah, there's a lot more they could do with it. And then maybe having created a sort of backstory where girlfriends aren't useless, MJ would be more interesting. She was so yeah. annoying in those movies because She's of the way they wrote interesting her. character. Yeah, every character is. But yeah. if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do anything with them. So yeah, I am glad they, really they got Gwen, Gwen Stacy in this one. Uh, you know, aside from having to sit through favorite. the retelling of the origin, which they don't waste a whole lot of time with, the the rest of the movie is stuff we haven't seen before, and the rest of the movie is good. And there are some ways well, I'm interested that in the repositioning Man. it, they repositioned it a little bit better. But, hmm. but yeah, you do have to sit – there are points where you're like, okay, there's Uncle Ben. You know, I wonder what's going to happen with him. I'm like, oh, okay. Like it's like point. And Tracy for point. said there's something after the credits, which is not really a big surprise. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I sat through the very end of the credits, but there's one of those like Avengers where they play halfway through the credits, they cut in and they have a little thing. So if they did another yeah. thing at the end of the credits, and I missed it. But yeah, they're well, obviously building this as a franchise, so they're already setting up what's happening next as far as knowing. So do you think it goes. would fit into the world of the Avengers? It could, but you know, the the licensing doesn't allow for it is the problem well, yeah still but still i'm just asking out of curiosity but sure because i mean he's just fighting supervillains in new york it doesn't contradict it's all about science <laughs> yeah but yeah spidey's problem and even in this movie like of course the lead villain is a scientist at oscorp it's like jesus christ if you could just get rid of this one company then there wouldn't even be a need for a spider-man well, Although by the end of Spider-Man kind of 3, inadvertently helped that, create that almost everyone. happened, hadn't it? Since, it, really, if Peter Parker just wouldn't do things. <laughs> there's a neat, Peter Parker should have stayed at home. There was a neat video on Cracked that, where a guy was talking about the in the 90s when they were trying to get James Cameron to do Spider-Man, and apparently he wrote oh. this really bad script. <laughs> he wrote the worst script ever just to say, don't ask me to write a script without paying It was paying almost, me. yeah, exactly. 
and the little recreation they did, and it was so bad. It's funny. No, I am Spider-Man. Wait, didn't you just say your name was Professor Octopus? But yeah, like, but the funny thing is, like, if you fed your dog Scrabble tiles, and he, <laughs> what he pooped out would spell you out a script. just wrote down and made it into a script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a, that's funny. And while I was watching that, yeah. with my computer blue screen, so I'm not saying that's what did it, but but then I had all <laughs> could my have been anything. Like, could have been me trying to stream could video while my computer's already strained to the download this. Yeah, while well, I was already trying to download things and filled it with adware. <laughs> but don't do that. Silly. Yeah, don't download just strange on things. things. Yeah. Is the point. I had a link to the, the fan-created HD version of Star Wars, and I really wanted to see it, but it didn't happen. Well, I didn't, I didn't download any viruses, so you must have just clicked on something I else on, on the page that was a wrong. link to a virus. Well, they said go to this site to get this thing, and then like everything said download now. I click it, but it wasn't for the thing. It's like God, it was like hidden That's, somewhere. Yeah, you have to be really careful because they lead you to these websites, and then they have you have scroll to the bottom of the page yeah. and it says download this particular program. Right, right, that's the right one. Like ah, oh, jeez, but yeah. So I did something that I'm only apparently be a more I'm okay. Next time. Anyone that think you didn't know what the internet was? Yeah, uh, I saw that Abe Lincoln movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, how was that? It's all right. It's a fun action movie. Vampires. It has some good action scenes, but it, it does seem kind of pointless when they make a movie like that and they're playing it all straight. Like, really? <laughs> it's like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And I'm not saying play it totally cheesy, but playing it too straight-faced seems, I don't know, seems silly. I'm interested that that's actually come out before Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Because that was supposed to be in the works years ago. Yeah, actually, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies would work better because it's clearly, you know, tongue in cheek. Because they're just yeah, taking Pride and Prejudice and throwing wasn't zombies. Wasn't it written by in the it. same person? That's what I heard. I, I, the book was Seth Graham Smith as well. But and the, and he apparently had a lot to do with the, the making of the movie. So good for him. It's weird well, that him, they but... had enough faith in this as a concept to put it out in the middle of summer, though. Like, really, you really yeah. expected this to be oh, a big it's an performer. Action movie. Uh, still. Well, they didn't make it about him freeing the slave, did they? <laughs> well, from it's not really vampires. A, it's not really your um, up for nomination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. It's not looking like for a nod from the Academy. It's certainly not a bad movie. It's it's fun. Well, you don't really expect more from that. More than that, it's called Abe Lincoln Va- Vampire Hunter. So. <laughs> I may have also mentioned. Uh, I saw Battleship. Earlier in the summer, big fun, crazy. Yeah, it's not. It's like it's like uh, if you like Transformers kind of stuff. It's just a big silly movie. With the good robots. thing about that when just nobody was expecting anything more from it than that. Well, what's funny about Battleship is I actually think it's probably a little more true to the game than I would have thought. <laughs> there are some <laughs> moments where they're having these tactical battles with the aliens where they're all sort of blind and trying to feel for each other. And actually, what what struck me as funny is like, you know, this is the best part of the movie. Because this is like <laughs> the, the coolest, like, you know, naval strategy kind of sequence. And then they just go to them blowing the hell out of everything. But it, actually, that was more interesting where they're actually trying to use these well, tactics get to feel each other out. Mostly in the alien movies, the aliens come down, the aliens blow the shit out of us and there's nothing we can do and then some Deus Ex Machina comes along and, you know, they're allergic to water or they got the cold or something like that. We found a we found a virus that can make a nuke vulnerable and, you know, like, yeah, that sort of this thing. One, yeah, that and it, independence. And you never really I wrote a, a computer virus that'll battle. work on their computers for no reason. 
And now we're going to have a cigar. Yeah. Now, this one's yeah, definitely so that, better that... in a lot of ways. I really – one thing I really like about this movie is, you know, it's the military versus the aliens. And it's none of this bullshit about, like, the military can't handle it and these other weird people have to come in or whatever, whoever's left. Like, I watched a movie called The Darkest Hour, which is really dumb. And nothing even happens in it. There's like invisible things blow them up for like an hour and a half, and then they decide to fight back, and the movie's over. That's <laughs> like, like the easiest way to have absolutely no special effects in a movie, but say They're it's invisible. aliens. <laughs> it's like well, boring, but that that only works with ghosts. But Battleship was awesome Demons. because you, it's the Navy fighting like naval ships fighting spaceships, and. Well, I like that. The, yeah, and aside from – there are a couple moments where it stretches where the the aliens are too powerful and too much stuff. But for the most part, it's really just an exchange of artillery. And you really feel like, well, that makes – I kind of get tired of our saying that our military is completely helpless in military situations. Yeah, I was just about to say that I think the military probably feels better about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I am sick of seeing them in every movie. The military, the police, they're all treated the same. Like if it's Fully a useless. horror movie, they're – there's a team of them that are sent in and they all get taken out, except the one dude. That's why I always say like a horror movie goes completely south when the army guys show up because one of two things can happen here. One, the army guys are going to destroy whatever it is. Or two, more likely, and in fact probably the only thing that's ever happened in every scenario that's ever played out in a movie, is they're going to get destroyed by whatever it is. And you're going to think, well, then this thing's too powerful. Because like a hundred guys with machine guns showed up and you know and and they can't stop it so whatever. Yeah. Then and then like the the survivor girl stops it. How? Because she always does. She just lights yeah. the barn on fire and then it's dead. And how did the guys with the machine guns not kill it? That's where the hills have eyes. Military's very like badly that. trained in these movies. When they're all just running around with machine guns. Oh, die then. Because like when a family in a camper gets beset upon by hill mutants, you're like, well, you know. They're not ready for that. Dad's the only one with a gun, and they take him out first, and so they get the gun. So I get oh, that. Oh, the rest Sean is horrible. of the Dead. Sean of the Dead, they don't do that. Sean muffles around getting his friends killed for most of the movie, and in the end, he wanders out. The military rocks up and just shoots all the zombies, and they go, how you going? You were, you, anyone else survive? Yeah, the, and it's all good. The zombie thing is a little bit different because the military usually can fight the zombies, but they're more intent on killing everyone. So, because they're more of a threat, they're they're pretty on target when it comes to fighting zombies. But you don't want them around because they just start shooting everybody in a radius. Yeah. So I can accept that. They're a bit dangerous. But like when a bunch of army guys are beset upon by hill mutants, and you know they're getting their heads caved <laughs> in with shovels, it's like then you <laughs> deserve this. You should be better trained than that. Well, I'm glad that battleship has portrayed our military as a well, your military probably. Yeah, well, the, the American military, yeah, it's pretty much. It's a, I, I, well, it's we, mostly I don't know the if American Australia military. really has a navy. Mostly our navy is uh, employed in going around trying to pick up the boats of of refugees from other countries and stop them from accidentally drowning themselves in their leaky tubs. <laughs> like Poor things. I appreciate that. Someone's it's the biggest thing that. in Australia at the moment is the, the boat people and how everyone's afraid that we're going to have loads and loads of boat people coming over from Indonesia and other countries if they if we don't somehow deter them by putting them in detention camps as soon as they get here. and It's all a load of bollocks, really. Because really, we get more people, illegal immigrants from Britain than we do from anywhere else. It's funny how that's such a concern in America also. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like we're running out of country. That's true. <laughs> There's a lot of Australia to go around. Yeah, let them go out and live out in the desert. Yeah. Well, they come from desert countries, a lot of them. Uh, I mean, they're like, oh, we, we have to make sure that they're proper refugees first. So we spent... They, that's horrible in Australia. They spend like up to 10 years in refugee camps waiting to be processed. And I have no trouble with putting them somewhere secure while you process them. But the, the camps are horrible and they spend years there. There's children. Well, and it seems like in these refugee camps, camps never work out. You know, well, can't you just speed up idea. the process a little like, bit? Yeah, or, or just know where they are while you're processing or, or whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, maybe they should have a little community where, they, where they're processed, they're taught English, they're, you know, you assess what skills they've got and other refugees who've come over before, you know, help them to, in, to, to learn the languages and other things like that. That sort of thing I could go with, making a little community that's isolated just in case some of them aren't proper refugees. But to just stick them in some barbed wire prison... Yeah. Treat them poorly. It's District Nine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my rant for the day. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else? I saw Ted. Seen the- oh, Ted. <laughs> I don't think I want to see Ted. That's funny. Do you like the Family Doesn't Guy? Really look like I mean, my that's thing. all there is to it. Uh, I okay. I, I like Family Guy. Okay, but you might like Ted. I think, okay, um, it's just like Family Guy. Like uh, to me, is well, maybe the easiest maybe determining factor. Do you like the Family Guy? Well, then you'll like this. I don't like American Dad that much. Me either. I'm I'm sort of like that. Like I think the Family Guy is the one funny thing that he does. And yeah. I can watch American Dad sometimes, but but I, I don't like it as much. But to me, it's the Family Guy formula. It feels like Family Guy. They even do little cutaways that are movie references in it. It's it's like just taking well, that pick, formula and doing it in live action. I'll probably pick it up when it comes to DVD. I am with most things. Yeah, well, a comedy doesn't have to be seen on the big screen. You're not missing anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't go to the big screen unless it's something that needs to be seen, like it's a proper good 3D movie like Hugo or it's something, you know, spectacular. Well, i got a pretty big TV anyway. I don't really need to go I just like going to, to the movies. I don't, I, I hate people. Like... <laughs> so there's people around. Man, we went into, what did we go into Prometheus and theatre was empty and we were so happy. And then just before the movie started, about like 10 bikers walked in and they've all got popcorn and soft tops and stuff. And I'm like, oh, no. And they, they're they laughing and having fun through the movie. And I'm like, just shut up, dudes. I'm trying to watch the movie. That's one thing. I always think theaters are too loud when you're in there. But then you realize I have to drown out all the idiots mm-hmm. chomping on all popcorn. Yeah. When we were in Spider-Man, there were like two people behind us, at least two babies. Like, yeah. That makes me take crazy. A baby to the cinema. That makes me so crazy. You know how you can stop that? It's easy. Charge the baby for a ticket. They don't charge the baby for a ticket. See, at our cinema, yeah, they, they have let them just bring them like a carry-on bag. It makes me nuts. They have special mums and bubs sessions at our cinema. So that if a mum wants to go see a movie that she doesn't want to annoy everyone with a baby, they'll go in the middle of the day when there's not many people there. And they have a special session and they charge you different for tickets and that sort of thing. So all your mums and all your bubs can go at the same time and watch the movie and be happy and not upset everyone. And anyone who wants to go to that session knows there's going to be babies in it. That's a smart idea. I think that's but a the good moms idea. probably don't want to go because yeah. like, man, everybody else has their babies, you know. Like, moms <laughs> or babies them. do not care about anybody summer. else. But that's really the don't. worst. There's a, they will vomit on anyone. I don't mind people that, that come to the movies. I don't mind if you're engaged. I don't mind anything you do unless you're not paying attention to the movie. That's the only thing. Like, I can deal with anything you do 
That's why I don't even mind uh, little kids in the movies. When I was in the Avengers, there's like a little kid sitting next to me and like talking through the whole every trailer, like, hey, yeah, that's going to be cool. And blah, blah, blah. Like for like the first two minutes of the Avengers, he was like that until the action started. And then he was just like blown away. But he <laughs> did not bother me because there was never a moment where he was not fully about whatever was going on on that screen. So I could I could appreciate that. I, I, I had no problem with that kid. Because he was there to enjoy the I don't the like movie. having other people in the cinema with me. But I like it when there's no... Unless it's a horror movie. If it's a horror movie, I like a cinema full of people screaming and stuff. That's just funny. I like the shared experience. But, but it's not a shared experience if there's someone doing something else. It's not a shared yeah, If you're sitting there your texting the whole damn time, then you're not sharing the experience. And you can get out. You can text at home. Yeah. Watch it on TV. Yeah. And, yeah. and why do I care that people you're texting? Because I can see it. It's like, I know you're not people talking. People don't realize how easily it. you can see it's their phones. Light. Like you see, you drive along at nighttime and you can see the phone reflected in the windscreen. <laughs> and they're like, how did the police know I was texting? Because you can see the damn phone <laughs> in the windscreen. You're not invisible. The... Mm. But yeah, so there's that. But yeah, but I don't like being in there with teenagers because they just come to hang out with each other. Yeah, I don't like that. And like you're just going to talk and laughing and throwing stuff at each other. You know, enjoy the yeah. movie any way you want. But, but if you're not enjoying the movie, then get out. That's all. If I, yeah, I if like. you just want to have a ha- hang out with each other, why don't you just go to someone's house and watch a movie? Go sit out on the curb. It'll save you eleven dollars. I don't like them on the curb either. Then they just throw stuff at you when they're on the curb. <laughs> I don't care. They hang out here. Where, <laughs> in Tamworth, just... they hang out at the library, and I hate that. In the school holidays, you go to the library, and there's tons of teenagers, and they're cussing, and they're throwing things around, and they're horrible, smoking right outside the library doors. Ugh. <laughs> hate it. I hate teenagers. <laughs> I'm going to be a school teacher. <laughs> it's amusing. I don't like them on civilian hours. I don't mind. I don't like young people at, of that age too much, but I can generally be forgiving of behavior that I can see. Yeah, I was probably annoying that way at some point. Well, that's the thing. Often as individuals, teenagers are great people. I like them. But as groups, somehow, well, they're not as likable. That's the way people in general are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe just teenagers are not have not learnt to turn off their dumb buttons or maybe they just congregate in groups more often well I think people to when they get together validate their idiotic behavior like you can be self-conscious when you're by yourself like should I be this way but you find two or three other people that are also like that then you're oh well this is what people yeah. are like this is okay it's like no it's not that's the dark side of community yeah well it's been proven that you're uh, that the group IQ is always lower than the mean everybody in the group gets dumber by just by being in a group <laughs> Well, cause this is the hive mind. Like, it's and that's like not even allowing for the effect of the, that's the men's kids... IQ going down 10 points from being around women. It's not even that. Every time I've been around – every time. It happens all the time when I'm around people that lose their kids. But that's a bad way to start the story. <laughs> but you know, more than once I've been around people who had kids with them and they lost track of the kids. And it was always because there was a big group. Because somewhere yeah. there was an assumption that somebody knew where the kid was. You know, if you were out by yourself with your kid, you would always have eyes on that kid. But get them around two or three other people and they just assume that things are fine. Someone else is watching their kids. Yeah. And then they're like, well, I was with all these people. It's like, because we weren't all on board with that enterprise. None of us would have let them paddle off without Everybody saying Everybody thought but, someone else was watching the kids. none of us concerned ourselves with watching your kid at all. Because it wasn't our kid. So you're and they go around and start ten- saying, where's my kid? And it's like, aren't you I the parent? Know. I thought he was with you. I mean, if I'd seen him go by, I'd have said something, but I wasn't looking for him. 
Like, so you you assume well, if we you know like that it was my job to take care of your kids, maybe. Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> the reason I'm over here is because you got a kid. <laughs> I was already not around. <laughs> but that's because that that group mentality where I mean it it's good because you can look out for each other, but it, it does have that downside where you can become complacent too. Yeah, and stupider. Well, for the same reason, complacency doesn't doesn't breed intelligence. <laughs> okay, what else? All right, that's I saw all the Brave. Left on the list. I, it's the you last did one see Brave. I see. Uh, last of the summer movies that I saw, I saw Brave. Do you think she's a lesbian? <laughs> Is that the controversy? <laughs> that's the important question. <laughs> Is there a suggestion that the the girl in in Brave it's, it's is been, a lesbian? It's been bandied about. That it's I I have. I have no indication one way or the other. I did, the movie doesn't put forward that idea. Well, it's a Disney movie. I didn't think it would do it consciously. Well, I don't think that I would say that it's a veiled gay anthem of any kind either. <laughs> I mean, she's a young girl. She doesn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They're trying to marry her off. She doesn't want to marry her off because she wants to be able to choose who she marries. And because the three that she's supposed to get married to are all of them a bunch of dinkuses. Yeah, well, that's the truth. <laughs> so it's assumed in Disney movies that as soon as a girl gets put before a nice guy, she'll know about it and marry him straight off. Yeah, that's because Disney heroines aren't stupid; that's they not know when to get married. The plot of the movie, either though, it has a fairly strong story. I enjoyed it a lot, and it, it's visually beautiful. Though I think the whole reason I went to see it was just because the, the the environment, the atmosphere of the movie, and it, and it is a lot of fun. But it's a good movie. It's a sweet movie for kids too. As a kid's movie, it's a plus. Yeah, and I wouldn't call it strictly a kid's movie, but I mean, anything animated is is a kid's kind of movie. I mean, that's the target audience. Well, it's a kid's movie. It's not, It's. I mean, it's obviously targeted at children. Most of these movies are smart now because they make movies that are, like, targeted towards children but are fun for adults, you know? Especially well, Pixar. Well, I do think that the old movies, the old Disney movies were not wrong for adults, they were just simpler and sweeter, and I enjoyed them mm-hmm. for that as an adult. Yeah, and I think p- there's a misconception a that those were intended really to be stupid. children's movies then. It, movies in general were a little bit simpler and sweeter back then. Yeah. I think those. And, I, and it, they went through a phase where they were like, this is a kid's movie. We have to put in only kids' jokes and only fart jokes and stuff. And would be really and there annoying. was a while where kids' movies were very alienating, but nowadays they're – they're bringing it back around so that they understand that they're going to be parents in the theater watching and some adults are going to want, want to watch it on their own. And So they make them more crossover movies these days. Yeah, they're smarter that way. Stuff like Pixar especially, where you actually have people <laughs> who are interested in seeing the movie whether or not they have kids. Yeah. Like this is the first of those movies that I actually ever saw in the theater. I, I usually will rent a Pixar movie. I'll Netflix Pixar movie eventually, you know. I know. I went and saw Shrek in the theater. I saw the first Shrek in the theater. Yeah, that and I saw fun. the third one. It wasn't as as good. That was, that was back when I was a teenager and my big brother took me to see Shrek in the theater. It was great. Shrek was funny. Usually we were going to see horror movies. <laughs> Shrek was a good one. Shrek 2 is, is one of my favorite movies. I think it's just silly. It's pretty funny. Yeah. My cat looks just like Puss in Boots. He's got the biggest, she's got the biggest eyes in the world. Did you see the Puss in Boots movie? Did anybody see I that? I didn't see it. I'm sure if it's the same people, it's probably funny, but it didn't look very appealing to me. It did look very no, interesting to me. You put in a love interest and stuff. Well, you know, I, I, I see the appeal of wanting to spin off a character, but not every character necessarily is, is a spin off. 
Well, I think the situation. problem is that sometimes they don't realise that characters are funny in context. And Puss in Boots was a very nice foil, especially to the the relationship between Shep, Shrek and Donkey. But on his own, I don't know if he holds a whole movie. He's really just a Zorro parody, and they've already got a Zorro movie. Yeah, they've already got Zorro parodies. You ever seen Zorro the Gay Blade? Oh my god, that's funny. It's probably not <laughs> appropriate a film. <laughs> that is a movie from the vault if I ever heard one. Movies from the vault. <laughs> I think like George Hamilton is Zorro in this movie. <laughs> it's, it is like the dumbest, probably most offensive now in retrospect idea for a movie ever. The gay blade. But what happens is Zorro is doing a thing or whatever, and he's doing his Zorro stuff, and he gets injured. But there's like some baddie uh-huh. that has to be fought, and so he calls in his brother, who is gay. Oh, okay. And like, so he takes on the mantle of Zorro, but he starts doing his own thing to it. So he with starts, a bit of flair. Yeah. Instead of he puts away the the foil and he goes and he goes with a whip and he's like starts wearing like flashy satin stuff. Like only just now <laughs> when this came back to me in this conversation that I realized how deeply offensive. This movie is like surprising. Jack Black hasn't redone it. Oh my god! It would. It's almost so bad that it'd be okay because you don't think of it as being like overtly offensive because it's so. I mean, it's it's so in your Hyperbole. face. But this idea. Well, I guess now if some I gay try people to find it, a copy it'll be of fine. Zorro, the gay blade somewhere. The worst, worst ever Zorro movie. <laughs> I love the old. Uh, What's funny? The old black and white Zorro movies are funny. I was going to say what's funny Especially is because... when I was a kid, I loved Zorro the Gay Blade as a movie. <laughs> but the old ones, it's really funny because Zorro does sort of play this quite campy, funny character when he's being Don Alejandro. When he's being his real self, he he plays this really foppish character to try and put everyone off so that they don't think that yeah. he's Zorro. Well, you know, he's the prototype for Batman. I mean, a lot of Batman yeah. was ripped off directly from Zorro. But Batman's not funny. But he, like Zorro's really funny when he's playing the fop. Bruce Wayne was playing. He wasn't doing the Clark Kent kind of fop. He was doing like the 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 reckless, careless playboy. You know. I have fifteen girlfriends, and I'm going to buy your restaurant. Yeah, that's but yeah. His I, guy. They could still have made that funny. They could have made him more funny. I think they were. They would have made him wanting funny. to separate him from you know the Clark Kent thing is the funny alter ego. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to make someone a Zorro rip-off, you probably should do it right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe Bob Kane wasn't that funny. <laughs> maybe not. All right. Well, I guess that covers my list of uh, just random movies. I feel good that we had this opportunity. We we are planning to come in and do an Aliens retrospective with or without yes, Greg. Yes, if he's gonna, Hopefully with Greg. We discussed doing it with Greg. I know he would like to do it, but uh, he was supposed to be here with us tonight and just never showed up <laughs> and never canceled, so there's no telling. Greg, this is your final warning. He's not listening. We will start to podcast without you if you're not here. He knows that already, for one thing, because we've done it many <laughs> times. There'd be no, I, I there'd be no we show if we didn't have that role. I think times before he hears them. We'd do like three shows a year if we didn't have that role. <laughs> But but if we either but, way, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very movies. excited. I'm glad we got a chance to cover the summer movies because I felt like it was hanging over me as a topical thing when I really wanted to talk you about aliens. You want to get aliens. them over before winter starts. 
So now the the next big thing we'll talk about is Batman. That's it. Yeah, we'll have to do it. It'll probably have its own special episode. It could. It depends on it. It's weird how I'm. I'm not. If it's any good. It's weird how I don't care anything much about that movie because it's not that I. Yeah. It's not that it strikes me as bad. I I feel like yeah, it's gonna be good. Of course, yeah, it looks good. It's like then why aren't you excited? I don't know. I'm just not. I don't think probably nothing new. The cat, probably the Catwoman suit doesn't look that cool. I think Bane is a bad idea for a character, even though they make him look cool. But you know, they did the Joker already. That's what okay. are you gonna do? They killed, they <laughs> killed Two Face. They got, and they already did Joker. Like you've already, you you peaked. What can you do? Yeah, yeah. There's that. It's it's. It looks like it's gonna I'm be a lot of fun. I'm interested to see how they finish it off, but I get a very strong feeling that Batman is going to be depowered, if not. Dead, probably killed. broken. They might just kill him, like because it's his last end. movie. Just whatever. Yeah, I, I get a strong feeling something like that's going to happen. So, it's not going to be much of a build up, and I'm interested to see how they do it. But yeah, I'm not terribly excited. Yeah, it's weird to me because I look at it it's like, well, it looks good. Doesn't look like a bad movie at all, and I'm sure I'll like it. I don't. I'm not saying that, but just don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was much more excited more about excited other movies. More excited about our aliens, retrospective. Well, I was excited about the Avengers, and I enjoyed that. And I wasn't excited yeah. about Spider-Man, but I did enjoy that. So, so Well, the next big thing we're excited for is The Hobbit. And even The Hobbit. You know, I'm excited because it's it's a, an event, because they're, we're coming back to this great series of movies that they made. But I'm not as excited about it as it being a Hobbit movie. Because it seems like it's just too mired in in the Lord of the Rings for them. Well, to I'm just excited because I like Lord of the Rings. Well, so. and it's going to be two movies. I can't see where it's not going to be good. I kind of am yeah, like, well, maybe this will be something completely be new because they're taking the Hobbit and doing some new stuff, you know. So in a way, it, it's kind of cool because it'll be something that none of us have ever seen before in the books or anywhere else. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, it's a whole new story, and I, I appreciate that. But I am I'm excited interested to see in it, that. So. And it's two movies, so we get a little bit of something to to go on. It's fun when you have those movie series. And mm. all the big ones have ended, it seems like, you know. Well, I got the Lord of the Rings Lego the other day, so I'm happy. Psh, Getting some more. I would, I'd like to get that cave <laughs> troll, but the cave troll by himself is too expensive. Like $20 yeah, just for that little figure. Yeah, the sets are like hundreds of dollars or whatever. It's like hundreds 90 bucks for this, this cave troll set. We might set. lay by it for Christmas or something, but... Yeah, and, I, and what am I going to do? I can't... I can't want room for toys anymore. <laughs> I can't be buying <laughs> I didn't have them when I was sets. a kid, so I'm going to get them now. A 39-year-old man who's not married can't go around paying hundreds of dollars for Legos. <laughs> yeah. You need to get someone like me who just wants to buy them independently. No, I don't care. I'll buy the Lego. <laughs> I'm as excited about them as Ben is. <laughs> well, they're cute. They're really cute. We've got the little Gandalf, and there's a little, there's a little carrot in there for Gandalf's horse, <laughs> and they've got a new Lego innovation. The horse rears up. It's very exciting. Well, what made me mad when they did the Star Wars Legos is I don't want to buy these big sets. I don't want to construct the big sets. What I want is just to buy the little figures. I like the little men. Like if you could just sell those where they're not ridiculously priced, I'd buy them. They're cute, but these yeah, giant sets. Are cute. Little Gandalf has a little cloak. <laughs> it kind of gets stuck in his in the fireworks when you're trying to put him in the little cart. But yeah, 
It's all good. I have some of the little Star Wars the fireworks ones. don't explode or anything. When the Star Wars ones came out, I got some of them. So I have some of those. The little vehicles got pulled apart by my nephews, but but I still have some of the little men. Well, the fun thing about it is that the Lord of the Rings ones, they assume you're going to buy the little sets because Frodo doesn't appear in any of the big sets. Pippin and Merry and that sort of thing. But if they assume that you're going to have bought these little ones already because there's two ways you can get Frodo and there's two little sets. And then the big ones there. Yeah, no, you must already have Frodo. Well, maybe they, they think... Again, he doesn't appear in many of the battles That's the anyway. way to get you to buy the little sets, because otherwise you wouldn't yeah. care. And Gandalf and the fireworks. Oh, well. I make Gandalf fight my um, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I got alien Lego. Well, those are cool. All, All right, right, I, I think guess we've got our we, hour Yeah, we, we've got our, our episode in. But I'm glad we did this. We will come back camp. and do Aliens. Uh, it'd probably be a little. Well, I say that it's going to be a little while, but actually, not really, because it'll be a little while before this episode's even out, because we've already got another one recorded. So we're probably good. It's dark Dark Knight will be out by the time this episode airs. So I hate to say that I'm not yeah, excited when booking. it's already going to be. <laughs> it's going to be out. And people listen to this. Like, oh, excited. Like, what's his problem? It was awesome. It's like well, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> At the, at well, if it's airing. awesome, you know, we'll say so. Yeah, a month later. Like we're not we're saying it won't be awesome, but, you know. Yeah, we don't have a real-time mic, <laughs> you know? Like, it takes us a while to get around to stuff, even when we get it right on it. All right, then. So, uh, you can listen to our episodes at tv8mydinner.com. You can uh, talk to us uh, at forum.tv8mydinner.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. I guess we're, and we're on, on Google. Google Plus now. Well, I'm on Google. I don't know. It's not a TV at my dinner, but I'm on Google Plus. So if you're on the thing, I guess, I don't know. Does that link out from something? If they were on one of these others, would they see it? I don't know. Well, no, you, you can you can um, just share it on Google Plus and put people in your feed and people will see it when it comes up. I do that. Like episode, we put the episodes on Google Plus, so you may find me there. But it's not. The same way as, it's similar to Twitter in that, I guess, except you can write longer. I think it's just like Facebook. Can you write longer? I might like it better than Facebook, but it looks just like Facebook to me, the Google+. Plus. Yeah, it's similar, except we can sort of choose who you send your messages to and stuff. It's a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know that it's really different, but I have people telling me that, you know, Facebook is crap. We don't use Facebook. We're on Google+. Plus. Go on Google+. That's Plus. the new thing. So. All the things look alike, but so they just rotate popularity. Facebook. I liked MySpace yeah. better than Facebook. <laughs> At least you could customize it. <laughs> Google+, Plus is like Facebook, except less interesting. With interesting <laughs> that's stuff around. Because that's what I thought about Facebook, too. It's like it's just getting more and more the, spare. The, the, constant, the indumining continues. <laughs> All right. Well, we're out there, so you can catch up with us if you have show ideas. or if I'm you sure you can find us, us somewhere. Things. But yeah, we, we are on iTunes, aren't we? Google TV ate my dinner. You can find us somewhere. Yeah. On iTunes, right? We are still on iTunes. Still on iTunes. Yeah, we push the iTunes. One of my friends speaker. only listens to us on iTunes, and he told me he couldn't, he couldn't download the show anymore because he'd dropped his iPod down the toilet and I'm like oh, go on the website yeah. there's a website that's what oh, we started out as I mean that's nice that we're on the iTunes but I don't even think you can browse for us you gotta search for us on iTunes if you're gonna do that you might as well Google us because <laughs> our we used to say do the iTunes because we wanted our popularity on iTunes to build where they'd feature us somewhere but they never did so whatever so we don't endorse I iTunes that for that. Yeah. We've ke- we've I can kept only like the talk same... so many people into watching the show and those that do do it under duress. <laughs> we've kept the same 50 Sorry, people <laughs> like every now every and then. Every new person I meet, I'm like, listen to my podcast. And they're like, what? I was telling <laughs> I was telling Greg he needs to watch out. I know Aaron was writing in wanting to hear more episodes with Ron co-hosting. 
It's like, do you realize? They're asking for the robot, Greg. They're requesting the robot. Well, it's funny in that episode with, with Ron there because, you know, it's... Some of the cadences of her voice, some of the things she says do sound a lot like Greg. Well, there you go. So, what do we even need, Greg? So, she she plays a very similar role. Yeah, exactly. Just sit around and say, I haven't seen that or I don't like that. That's and you, probably equally as homicidal. That's all but... you have to do. Yeah, really, talk about killing people. You're exactly the same. <laughs> yes, if it all went down, I would eat Greg. <laughs> really. Some people will have to die. Like when we were talking about... Charlie's there on, and then she runs when he goes down. Like he's, Greg's immediately like, "Oh, of course, I fully understand that." It's like I know you do, I know you do. <laughs> All right. So we'll be back next time. In the meantime, my name is Sean, and I am Lynn. We'll see you later. Bye. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. It is now within our power to make war safe. And that is truly priceless. CIS brings you the face of the future. Ooh, it's me. Press stop.